Welcome back to Becky Wall Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Cross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. That was Colts head coach Shane Steichen talking about Anthony Richardson. And it's definitely something where it's an exercise in self-discipline and willpower because, boy, do I love watching Anthony Richardson play. Boy, do I really think Shane Steichen is an offensive genius. But, boy, I don't like the Colts to start the season. So then the question is, at what point should I start tailing them and believing in them? Uh, If I had a dynasty uh, fantasy football league, I would have taken Anthony Richardson yesterday. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to when to start to betting on the Colts to do things, uh, I might have to wait a little bit. So it it is an exercise in self-discipline that I don't, get so enamored with that group knowing full well that it might take a little take a little time uh, for things to develop let's talk about week one here joe and talk about some of the more lopsided games because uh when it comes to some bet mgm insights per john ewing since 2005 favorites of six or more points in week one have won just 43 percent ats per bet labs And we've got a few games where we have uh, spreads of six or more. The Ravens, 10-point favorites against Houston. The Chiefs, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions. Commanders, seven-point favorites against Arizona. And the Vikings are six-point favorites against the Buccaneers. So of these games, Joe, where do you feel like the dog can bark? Ooh, how about that team we were just talking about down in Florida? Should the Minnesota Vikings be favored by six over Tampa Bay? Uh, Perception-wise, yes. Everybody's talking about Minnesota coming back down to earth, earth, and the betting market is telling you that that's going to happen because their win total is just eight and a half after a 13-win season. I agree to that to a degree, but we're underselling Tampa Bay here. For them to get six against uh, what last year was one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and all they did is play one-score games, how many times did they win by less than six? So uh, of those point spreads that you gave me, the one that really stands out of of the dogs that I like, I think it's got to be Tampa Bay plus six at Minnesota. Yeah, this one's tough. I obviously love the Vikings. I guess the argument for the Vikings to cover is – they don't have as many new pieces as the Bucks do. I mean, you've got Baker Mayfield there. He's learning a new system. Obviously, I'm sure he's up to speed. He's a professional. We saw him do it with the Rams in just like three days last year. But uh, I probably will lean Vikings. Of course. Oh, cover off now. Yeah. Of well, course. I, I'll I, tell you, that's – I think that's actually worth addressing, Ed, is that when we get to week one, what you're going to see, and I think it's just instinct – we've talked about it for so long, the the teams that we like for the win totals, for for, maybe some future stuff, you just kind of automatically lean towards them as far as week one bets. And you you could be dead on a a futures play, but it doesn't mean they're going to end up covering in that first game. Mm-hmm. I I agree with your argument there. That's why I do like a big dog in the Texans plus 10. Oh, yeah. I don't okay. think like all of my futures are going to align. Um, I'm just not as high on the Bucks, and I think the Vikings just have more consistency, and I think their defense will be better. It's probably a big reason why they were in so many close games. You know, you know what the sad part of all of this is when it comes to the trend? 
I think the Buccaneers might be the only dog I like here. Everywhere else, I can see a path for the favorite to cover the big number. The Ravens, I I mentioned this in a previous segment, they could try and go nuts here and win this game by 50. Don't bet on that. Don't, Don't do anything silly with like alternate spreads or anything like that, but... I I might like the over in this game because Baltimore could do all the work. That There is a path to that. Maybe that's the safest play there. Um, the Chiefs minus six and a half. We'll get into this later in the week, but I would not be surprised if Kansas City covers that number, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. large part just because of, you know, offensive stamina and versatility and endurance more than anything else. Uh, commanders, I, I don't know what to expect from Arizona. They may take some time before maybe getting that first win. And I, you know, we might be a commander show now. So there, there's a lot of reasons uh, to be optimistic when it comes to Sam Howell. And the Buccaneers, though, as I sort of read what they're trying to do offensively, the more I look at this, and I mentioned this before in terms of Baker Mayfield's skill set fitting this offense a little bit better, this is about using two tight end sets uh, per ESPN, a wide zone scheme to stretch defenses more horizontally. Quarterback's not going to take as many risks through the air. That's part of the thing with Baker Mayfield is you don't want him to take risks because they will not pan out. You want him to be conservative. <laughs> you want him to to sort of stay stay on the ground because that largely works a little bit better. You want to scheme receivers to be completely wide open. That will help the cause. Uh you know, calling uh, your quarterback for the Bucks a distributor and a point guard, more slant and corner routes for your receivers, a little bit more balance between run and pass. This, this fits the description of what can make Baker Mayfield at least serviceable as a quarterback. So I think it's a smart approach overall. I do like the receivers who are still healthy, notably Mike Evans. And because the Vikings will suffer a little bit of regression – I think six is just too big of a number here, Joe. Hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I like that one a lot, especially with a team that plays so many, so many close games. Uh, the, the line movement that we've seen, Washington was one of them. When this, when the trade started happening with Arizona, that thing went from six to seven. The other thing, oh, they're killing me with these two and a halves. We got three different two and a halves right now at BetMGM. The San Francisco was favored by a field goal for much of the summer. Then that thing was recently moved down to two and a half. Cincinnati, two and a half point favorite at Cleveland. And then also Monday night, uh, Buffalo, that, that number coming down a little bit. That's not worried me so much. Is that, is that some hard knock stuff going on there? Like what, what I feel like that should be at least three. Hmm. <laughs> what do you think? I like Buffalo in that spot. Yeah, I, I, I may have been vacillating here, but I think ultimately, once once it's uh, pencils down, I, I probably do like Buffalo there. Yeah, two and a half. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Wasn't it one and a half like for most of the summer? Was it one and a I half? I feel like I thought it was for most of the you know, summer. You might be right because two and a half. Possibly the, the whole Stefan Diggs news and maybe like Von Miller, mm. things like that. Maybe that's what caused it. But now we're starting to come to our senses. Yeah. For sure. So, hmm. yeah. The thing with Aaron Rodgers is I just need to see it. Like 
age is not on his side. And so I just don't know if he can flip a switch. Like we learned our lesson from the Russell Wilson situation. You know, he didn't look good in Seattle and then goes to Denver and doesn't look good again. I just don't know what I'm going to get from Aaron Rodgers. So I need to see it before I can believe it. Okay, this brings up a really important point, and not to push back against that too much, Aaron, but, and I love your thoughts on this, because Aaron Rodgers will turn 40 soon, I do wonder if, say, he does get off to a hot start, if that is the most misleading thing that we might see for the first few weeks of the regular season, because when you're dealing with these age curves with quarterbacks, it's possible it just falls off a cliff. It's also possible that with enough game film that defenses are able to game plan, and maybe this isn't the most creative of offenses that we get. Maybe Rodgers will be great. There is a path to this. But I do wonder, you know, every now and again, first couple of games, first three games, we see something that does deceive us. And I wonder if that thing is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Drew Brees might be a really good example when he was with the Saints, when he was aging, where we saw some good performances out of him. But then once the playoffs came, he sort of fell off a cliff. I wonder if the same thing could happen to Aaron Rodgers because of that age thing. I think it might just be more inconsistency. I don't think it'll be like he's good for four games and completely falls off a cliff. I just think it might be more inconsistency throughout the season. I don't think that he's going to be as bad as last year, but I don't think he's going to revert to the MVP caliber level type quarterback that we've seen before. I think it might be somewhere in the middle. And yes, it was at one all season, Paul. You were right. <laughs> or all summer, sorry. <laughs> the uh, Boy, it would, it would be something if that happens because the really challenging part of that schedule is in the first six weeks when they've got Buffalo, Dallas, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Like, it is. It's brutal for the Jets. Um, couple movers here. So the Bears number has moved down. That happened late last week. That was Bears minus three, and now it's Bears minus one. And I agree with the move. The market is uh, is correct on that move coming down. And they're going against the Rams as we have questions about Cooper Cup. That Seattle number continues to climb. Guys, it wouldn't surprise me if we end up getting to six. It's currently five and a half Seattle favored at home against the uh, Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that movement makes a good bit of sense. Let's talk about the the Panthers and the Falcons here. Brian Burns for Carolina may not play because he doesn't have his new contract. At last check, it is the Falcons at three and a half. Yeah, still the same. Three and a half point favorites. The total is 39 and a half. Goodness, that's low. Probably expecting the Falcons to run a good bit. Uh, Bryce Young could play poorly in his first game, but that's a rookie quarterback. That can happen. So you understand why the total's low, and there are arguments that it could be even lower than that, and you want to bet on the under. But as far as a side goes, there is enough. Uh, there were enough good Carolina arguments made earlier in the show by everybody here that I think with the hook, I might back the Panthers here. What do you really? think, Joe? Uh, the rookie quarterback thing is tough for me. In game one, yeah. that that's the challenging part. Now we were talking about Stroud earlier. Like if I'm getting ten, uh, Richardson's only getting five against Jacksonville. But yeah, I, I was thinking about that because there are so many questions about Atlanta. Some people think like the game's already been played, season's already been played. That's how they're betting the Falcons to win that division. But I, I wouldn't go Atlanta. It's Carolina or nothing for me. Yeah, I like Atlanta. I think this is by... a. Go ahead. <laughs> 
This is All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, college football better. Brad Powers joins us with his favorite plays for week two right here on the Grill Network.